Do you have an entrepreneurial spirit? Are you constantly thinking about how to create value and build new businesses? Are you trying to find innovative ways of doing business to replace old, outdated ones? If so, then this is the show for you. Hosted by me, Jimmy Gonzalez, and Devon Watts, two business startup coaches on with the knowledge that financial independence equals social independence. And our mission is to help you not just start a business, but scale it and keep it by providing the X's and O's of business creation and expansion. So join us as we share our experiences, tell stories of entrepreneurial success and failures, and break down lessons learned from sports entertainment. But don't worry, this is not a sports podcast. This is an uncompromising entrepreneur podcast. Welcome back to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, this is somewhat of a special version, episode 80, kind of on the road. This is Coach Jimmy G, along with my homeboy, Anthony Devon Watts Jr. What's good, bro? Hey, chilling, man. What's going on, good people? Um, so uh, we had a we had a crasher at our pre-pro meeting. Yes. Um, the new the newest addition to the family, Rome, Rome, Romy, Rome, uh, wanted to be held while uh, me and Jimmy was chopping it up on uh, this upcoming episode. And um, again, in true uh, new to this world, you know, baby uh, Similac still on the lip fashion. Um, he went right to <laughs> he ate he pooped and then he went right to sleep so he was knocked phase. out so, yeah uh, that yeah. we over here talking about a whole episode strategy and he just snoring away and uh i am traveling so i am not in my normal spots um yeah i'm i'm, I'm in i think what you're right saying now. is yeah i think what, what you're actually saying is that we we've taken the podcast on tour Yes, we have <laughs> taken the podcast on tour. That is for sure. Uh, and now we are we are potting from two coasts, east and west coast. We got it on a lot <laughs> of Florida, like the Astro, Florida, yes, of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I'm I'm excited, man, to get into today's um, today's episode. I think honestly, because um, it's prob it's probably a, for this season specifically, it's probably uh, overdue. Um, because we've been sharing since the very first episode of this season on this journey that we've been on for the better part of, gosh, you know, six plus months towards the end of last year of really immersing ourselves into this uh, crypto um, NFT blockchain space. And, you know, it's apparent how much we've immersed ourselves because it, it just continues to kind of permeate our conversation when we're talking about, even if we're talking about, um, you know, business or, uh, you know, athletes or things that are going on in the world, somehow a little bit of NFT crypto, whatever, just like leaks into the discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, for our listeners out there who may be like, you know, uh, uncompromising entrepreneur, uh, AKA legacy and leadership podcast OGs, you know, that Jimmy and I have facilitation backgrounds as, you know, trainers, facilitators, um, you know, content creators, a whole nine. And so like good instructors, we realize 
Hmm. We keep bringing up a topic that we haven't done a good job of actually providing context to our listeners on or giving them the foundation so that they're not lost in these discussions. So we probably should do an episode dedicated to providing that context um, and really break down, you know, what are NFTs 101? Um, And so that's what we're looking to do a little bit today is, you know, kind of provide a lot of context for those things that we've been talking about. And then I think it'd be helpful for us to double back to, um, you know, where we may have referenced some of these things, right. And like how they tie, you know, how they tie in. So, um, y'all know us, um, it's going to be super, uh, informal conversation between me and Jimmy as we break these things down and then reference where we've been talking about this before. Um, and you know, hopefully through that journey, you guys get the context, the understanding, the information that you need to feel like you are better versed and the value of this space. And I think that's the biggest thing that we keep kind of harping on because once you understand the value of this tool, it really is like, you know, being one of the first companies to fully unlock or realize the potential of the internet when the internet first, (laughs) like first emerged, right? Uh, Again, you've heard us, you know, share the story before people when the you know, the internet first emerged, people thought, oh, that's just a place for people to go on chat rooms and have mm-hmm. uh, sketchy conversations. But it was the other individuals, the creators, first and foremost, who realized, no, I can use this. If I can use this to have conversations, I can use this to have connections. If I can use this to have connections, I can use this to have tribes. If I can use this to find a tribe, I can use this to um, to <laughs> to connect and to sell. And if I can sell, now I'm no longer bound by the the geography of where I'm currently at. Now my market has 100x, 200x, 300x because I can find a customer all the way across the United States that, that wants what I have and now I can get product to them. And so um, that's why we champion this because this is literally akin to that and we definitely don't want any of our entrepreneurs out there, our solopreneurs, those in the, the creator economy out there that are either aware of the on the periphery or not fully aware or not a believer to miss out miss out on the opportunity to participate in literally the emergence of the internet but the 3.0 version <laughs> yeah no i mean that's facts that's you know for our entrepreneurs out there again it's just what you just said it's man i wish i i would have taken advantage of the internet when it first came out in some capacity uh, I wish, especially when a stocks crash, you know, I, I would have taken advantage of buying Amazon stock or Google stock. Uh, I wish I would have taken advantage of uh, Instagram or Facebook when it first came out and, and how cheap it was. You know, when, when you can really promote your business and promote your services organically before you know you really start to have to paying to play, so to speak, when it comes to those things. So, um, so this is that opportunity. This is that opportunity. Um, what I, what I want to do before we jump in for two reasons, I'll be remiss if I do not mention this, uh, and I forgot to, to tell you about it because it's just exciting. So for two reasons, one, because this person is near and dear to my heart, uh, and two, because they are a loyal listener, uh, a very loyal listener, and, and even called me out about a week ago or so, uh, in saying, Hey, like I was going to be, I was going to text you because, I was waiting for the next episode to come out and you guys were late. 
Uh, so I appreciate that sincerely because I know it was coming from a place of love. So my stepmother, uh, Linda Gonzalez, um, talking about legacy. Um, and this is not about being an entrepreneur for her, but I think it's just about being creative. She just released a book today, man. She wrote a children's book. What? Yes. Yes. It's called. Oh, that's if- dope. I have I I just found out so I, her birthday was yesterday. I just called her and had a uh, or the day before I had a, a really great conversation with her and talking about the future and stuff and um like she was kind of keeping it under wraps uh but it was just released today. Uh if Acorns Could Talk by Linda Gonzalez. Uh it is already a number 1 Amazon bestseller. Uh so we're going to put the the link in the in the show notes. Uh but if you're out there if you have children, if you have nephews, nieces, if acorns could talk, uh, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Uh, show uh, show moms some love, y'all, uh, and check out the book. I'm sure uh, I know I would appreciate it. I'm sure she would appreciate it. And that little uh, that little person in your life, I'm sure they're going to appreciate it as well. Um, so I hadn't mentioned it to her yet. She knows she knows about what we're doing because I've had those conversations with her and my pops. Uh, I'm like, man. I know that uh, books is another opportunity when it comes to NFTs uh, and how you mm-hmm. how you publish and how you offer uh, this type of material. So, yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. We'll see what happens with that. But I'm just I'm super excited for her. <laughs> no, that's super. That's super, super, super dope, man. Shout out to our creator. Shout out to the people who, uh, regardless of. Uh, where life takes you from a you know feeding your family perspective, you do not give up on that creative instinct, that creative desire to just put something out into this world. And you bet on yourself, man. It takes a lot to um, to not just go through the the process of creating and, and taking things from ideation to you know execution, but then to self publish and to put it out there, man. I'm super excited to actually check out the check out the book. Definitely want to cop some for my little ones. And Lord knows they love uh, to devour books. So that's going down. And yeah, I agree with you. We probably need to have some uh, off mic conversations um, mm-hmm. with the creator to talk about different ways that they can deliver, um, you know, that kind of IP and content, um, you know, um, unlocking the power of, you know, uh, NFTs. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, so that's actually a fitting you know, uh, a real life example that we may be able to build on or help out, help to build out uh, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So more to come. Very, very excited about that. Again, that's kind of uh, hot off the press, some news that I just, uh, I found out about, but then there was some things released uh, on social media, on Instagram today by the family and yeah, super excited. So more to come on that for sure. That's dope. Y'all hear that out there? Y'all mamas ain't writing books. (laughs) step your game up (laughs) step your game up step your game up if acorns could talk what would they what would they say to you let's find out that's dope that's dope so so non-fungible tokens uh 101 and i think you know we're going to continue to give you our our normal uh content uh but we've also discussed uh after this episode continuing to 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 kind of provide an nft series and really go over these these one on one topics and some of these basics, uh, and yeah, and then we'll see where you know kind of where it goes from there. Um, we have been talking about community a few times over uh, a couple of the last episodes, and specifically the community that we've been involved in, and kind of not just immersing ourselves in this NFT space, uh, 
but also again with uh, with a specific community in the Onaji project, uh, and we're definitely looking to get uh, some of the founders from that project on for an MBA series. So, uh, so we're still talking because this is business, y'all. We're still talking about business. We're still talking about entrepreneurship. We're still talking about uh, creatives in this space. Uh, so we do feel really excited about what we have coming up and what we feel you'll be able to learn and um, take advantage of it in one way or, or another, whether that's from an investment perspective or you start to see uh, different ways that as an entrepreneur, uh, again, you can you can get in the space and really continue to to build community, to add something different, uh, maybe to a community that you are already have. You've already nurtured. You've already started. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, um, the, the I think the thing that I get the most, I don't know about you, but, you know, as we have conversations with people who are aware of the, you know, NFTs, at least on the periphery, right? Because of like it, it started to permeate pop culture, right? Mm-hmm. You're starting to hear it. You're starting to see it on your timeline. You're starting to, to hear it uh, come up if you turn on the television. You're starting, I mean... You know, when it starts making its its rounds on the late shows, you know that it has embedded itself in the culture. I think it was, you know, who was it? Maybe Jimmy Kimmel or somebody like that who had Paris Hilton on. And Paris Hilton was talking about her involvement in the cryptocurrency NFT space. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Actually, I think she um she ended up gifting everybody in the audience an NFT, right? So <clears throat> there's not a single person, for the most part, if you you know have access to any type of device, that is not aware that NFTs exist. But the question I always get when you try to have a deeper conversation around it is, you know, the the surface level understanding of what it is is, oh, that's a um, the picture thing. It's a uh, JPEGs. Um, that's a you know uh, you know people uh, uh, trading uh, pictures. Why? Why am I paying that, for for a picture? Well, I could just I could just uh, copy it and and download yeah, it. Right click. Right click. Right click. So <laughs> So like my wife knows, but like she was really messing with me the other day because I was showing her some of the the collection that I have, and she I think she saw one on Twitter. She said, "Oh man, let, let me see that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna right click. I'm gonna save that. It's mine now." I'm like, "Stop it already!" Because you know that's not how it works. So she was messing with me, but there's people that because they don't have a full understanding, like that's really what they think. Um, but that's like that's like saying. Uh, I'm staying in a beautiful hotel right now in Tampa that uh, was an old courthouse. That's like me going outside, taking a picture of this courthouse and saying, oh, well, I own the courthouse now. Like, no, it's it's a picture of a courthouse and that's it. There's much more to it when it comes to uh, to this NFT world and this NFT land that we're discussing. Yeah, correct. Right. So actually, I, I love the example you provided there and I'm a, I'm a uh, to kind of build off of that. Right. So. The analogy you provided is spot on, right? It's, nobody would ever think that just because I looked at a property on Zillow, right? I can see it. I can save it, right? I can heart it. I can mm-hmm. save it, right? It's in, you know, it's, it's, I saved the image. Oh, now I own the property. I have that. I own that home. All right, bro, go and try and walk through the door. Right. Facts. The, NFTs, NFTs are essentially digital certificates of authenticity. They are, you know, you've heard hear people, t- you know, say that they're digital receipts. That could be another way to, th- to think about it for sure. Um, in this um, housing analogy, it'd be akin to a deed to a property. It is the the digital record of ownership. 
So when somebody says I am collecting a NFT or I'm collecting something, it's not just that I, it's not that I have the image. It's that I have the image and the digital record of authenticity to show that this is a true creation from the creator. Now, why does that have value? Well, it's no different than in the art world, right? One of my favorite spots, you're in Tampa, not far far from St. St. Pete, obviously. Um, they have the, uh, the Dolly Museum there. <clears throat> I yes. love the Dolly Museum. Love the Dolly Museum. When you go through the Dolly Museum, you know, even when you're leaving or even when you're entering, there's a section of gift shop where you can get prints of some of the work. Now, the official Dolly paintings are on the second floor. There's a, por- a portion of the gallery you walk in is beautiful. You know, they have the docent uh, who's actually you know knowledgeable and kind of giving you the tour of all these pieces of art and why he created them, when he created them and all that stuff. You have the official pieces like painted by Dolly himself that are kept in this gallery. And obviously there's a certain level of security and precaution that they take um, in order to protect the piece because of how valuable it is. Right Mm -hmm. now I can go downstairs and I can get the, the copy of that, that same original piece, but I can't go and sell it on uh, any marketplace and try and charge the same as the original. Right. One of my actually, um, you know, one of my favorite pieces from him is uh, Geopoliticus Man. Um, I actually have it back here somewhere. It's rolled up. Um, it's basically it's like a a guy being born from an eggshell that, <laughs> excuse me, is in the shape of the earth. Uh, and so the true, the real authentic, like certificate of authenticity, like we knew that Dolly touched it, painted it with his own hand, the whole nine. That is a that is a priceless piece of work. The copy that I have that I got from the gift shop after I went through the Dolly Museum and then wanted to take a piece home was like $18. I can give you the price of that work, Mm -hmm. right? I can't treat it like it's the priceless piece of work. And so the value, the value is in the, the certificate of authenticity, or again, this, this non fungible token, this non fungible token. Now, um, what do we mean by, you know, fungible versus non-fungible, right? So again, NFT is exactly a non-fungible asset. So that means that it is unique, right? It is mm-hmm. unique. It is a way to reflect that, hey, this is a unique digital certificate saying that this is a unique piece of work. This is unique creation. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Unique just means not not that there this is the only one of its kind, but that it is uh it is a piece that is um true like truly created by this artist or this individual it is a a confirmed valid piece of work right and so you can have um you know collections where you do you know twenty prints, but we know all twenty are unique pieces of work. Uh, I, I think a good example of that, right, is um, if, okay, if you uh, happen to go to um, uh, a live performance for an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you went to Michael Jackson's very last performance before he passed, God bless the dead, right? Michael Jackson's last performance. And you happen to get access to standing in line with other people 
that got a chance to get uh, signed, a signed art, like an autograph from Michael Jackson from his last performance. Doesn't mean that you're the only one that has that autograph. Other folks that got a chance to be in that line, right, also got a real autograph from Michael Jackson. But that doesn't diminish the value, right? Mm-hmm. The scarcity actually increases the value, right? The scarcity actually increases the value. So I may not have the only one, but I have one of the only ones. And I can prove it through authenticity, right? Through various methods that this is truly a real Michael Jackson autograph. The beauty with NFTs and with, again, non-fungible tokens um, and the blockchain, and we'll talk a little bit more about the blockchain, is that you don't have to go out of your way to try and prove that this is a authentic, like certified piece of work. The blockchain itself does that for you. Yeah. The fact that it's written into the blockchain is the validation, the proof that this is a unique piece of work. So non-fungible means that this is a unique, excuse me, uh, a unique digital certificate that's stored in the blockchain um, and that that digital certificate contains like the ownership rights and the details of that digital asset and that um, it has a unique value because of that, right? Um, So that's a little bit more about like digital, like a digital certificate and what we mean by non-fungible versus fungible. Fungible obviously would be the the opposite of that, meaning that it's not unique. um, It doesn't have a a different value. (coughs) Excuse me. It doesn't have a a different value. Um, Non-fungible, again, means that it's unique. It has a different value. Uh, And um, even if you hold many units of this, right? They can and it can have the same value. They're still because it's an authentic, unique digital certificate. Um, the authenticity and the scarcity actually increases the value of that, mm-hmm. which is different than something that's fungible. So, if we think about you know, talking about cryptocurrency, if we're thinking about um, Ethereum, if we're thinking about Bitcoin, even if you're thinking about just USD and just the, the dollar bill, like. It's fungible because, you know, if you have one Bitcoin, I have one Bitcoin, we can we can trade it, but it's going to have the same value regardless, um, as opposed, again, to what everything you just broke down. Again, that non-fungible asset in this context, we're talking about NFTs. Um, it has its own unique value. Correct. And um, uh, and I, I love that that um, point that you're making, because the unique the unique value can also be determined by the person that I'm exchanging with. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you think about it, uh, you know, I can, I can, I can hold this piece. It's a, you know, um, again, it's a non-fungible token. Um, you know, it has all of the, you know, digital information, um, that's written into the blockchain as a certificate of authenticity, the whole nine, and because of what that NFT is tied to, it can, you know, Jimmy can interpret the value of that differently than I. Now, how does that apply to, to the real world, right? What is the real world parallel? Well, think about how people view things like baseball cards. Think about how people view things like uh, sports uh, memorabilia. Well, even your home. A home is, is a, uh, a fungible asset. <clears throat> Correct. Correct. Oh, and uh, 
actually that's a, and we've been talking a lot about example. real estate yeah <laughs> yeah that's an even better example because of the market that we're dealing with right now right exactly so, um uh, uh, i don't know if i shared on on the on this pot or not um and if i have please forgive me if not you guys are finding out now but we're personally we're going through the process of purchasing a home and getting relocated back to central florida and <clears throat> The way that this market is played out, it is absolutely ridiculous. This is a perfect use case of how a non-fungible asset reacts due to scarcity, right? We all know that the inventory of houses is in short supply. Uh, and so you have more people that are looking to buy than there are actually properties to buy. So when you do an appraisal on a property and somebody is just merely assessing the the tangible value, right? The, the, the fungible value for lack of a better mm-hmm. terms, right? The fungible value of, of this asset of this home, meaning the, um, the age of the, the property, the um, space, the square footage, the, the appliances, the roof, the location, the tax, all of these things that, you know, you can use data to, to say, um, without beyond a shadow of a doubt, Add this and this and this and this and this and this and this is what the value of this property is. This is the true value of this property, right? That appraisal means nothing when there's scarcity because for other folks, um, for folks that are buying property, uh, real estate is seen as non-fungible, meaning, yeah, the appraisal says it's worth 400 but I want to pay 440 because it's worth 440 to me. I care about that location. I care about the schools. I care about that specific property. And so I'm willing to pay 440. And somebody else can say, I'm willing to pay 460. And somebody else can say, I'm willing to pay 480. In all of those instances, the value is different for each person that's placing an offer on it. And now mm-hmm. that that piece of property is non-fungible, regardless of what the real fungible value is of the wood, the bricks, the, all of that stuff, right? That's irrelevant in this instance. Uh, and so, yeah, that's a a perfect example, actually, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy, again, how the scarcity and it being non-fungible can actually, uh, and it being non-fungible, um, you know, allows the, the value to be dictated by those that are participating in the market, right? Participating in the market. So, uh, for, uh, for folks in the NFT space, like how do you apply that uh, as a creator? How do you leverage that as a creator? Well, every time you put out a piece of work as a, a creator, if you're in the creator economy, you in in the Web two world, Web two point world, the 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 technology the technology and is is dictating your value, not the market. Right. If I if I produce a piece of music, I don't have the flexibility to determine what the value of the stream is on that music. And then for other folks participating in the marketplace to say, man, I want to hear something from Devon. And so, yeah, for me, I'm willing to pay the dollar for the stream. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't have the ability to determine that. Um, Now, I do have the ability to determine if I want to do like, you know, just sell it direct to consumer. Right. Again, that would be another instance of, you know, uh, it being non-fungible because, uh, you know, the consumer has a, the decision to make. Do I want to spend fifteen dollars on his music or do I not? Right? Yeah. But for most of for most of the folks participating in the creator economy, 
you know, your the 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 main vehicle for the main resource, the main you know utility for being able to deliver your content, your music to the the audience, the marketplace is through these streaming platforms, and those streaming platforms they assess the value of your music. They treat it like a fungible asset. The the what I get per stream is no different than what Drake gets per stream, right? Mm-hmm. And we are we are not the same type. We are not the same type of artist, but <laughs> we are not the same type of artist. But the platform treats us that way. Yeah, it takes the ability. Uh, it takes away the ability to treat what you create as a non fungible asset and to allow the marketplace to dictate what the value is. Right. Mm-hmm. And for those thinking, well, the market kind of does dictate the value because of the number of streams. That's not true. Um, the reason why I say that's not true is because you can you can you can choose to pump money or invest in the infrastructure and then they will they will promote what you've placed on the uh, on the, the platform to inflate or to influence how the marketplace consumes it and feels it. Right. Like I can I can put money into a playlist and the marketplace may not even be looking for me, but because I invested in Spotify's infrastructure and I paid for it to be on a playlist spot, I'm going to show up in your music. I'm going to mm-hmm. show up in your rotation, whether you want it or, or not. The marketplace has 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 no say. I'm here. Right. It's kind of like. uh And I'm c- coming back to this because I still I'm still salty about this and this. I'm like, this is almost like. 14 years 14 years (laughs) later or something like that yeah I know this is the type of petty I am but I'm going to give you an example ain't nobody in the marketplace want that damn album from U2 that was forced onto your iPhone (laughs) all them years ago where you just woke up one day and the whole album was in your phone I didn't buy that literally (laughs) that that made bro I'm not lying that had me I, I boycotted iPhone for a good like four years before I got another iPhone because I was so mad that that damn YouTube album was in my iPhone right I woke up the next day it was there and you couldn't delete it and I was like who did who, why do you put this here yeah why you put this here? now it's because what happened was this was when Apple Music at the time they were exploring kind of these exclusive relationships with artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that this is before they had a streaming platform and so essentially what they did is they brokered a deal and, and you know, Jay-Z uh, did something similar with Sprint where um, he negotiated with the company to pre-buy a certain volume of his albums. So Jay-Z did this with Sprint. He was like, hey, um, I remember that before one, I even yeah. drop it, yeah, they, um, I'm platinum before I even dropped. Well, it's because Sprint had agreed to buy a million copies of his album and then they automatically placed it on the phones so that when somebody copped the phone, you automatically had his album in there. Right. Um, again, another example of you know the marketplace uh, taking your asset and making it you know uh, non fungible and making it fungible or whatever the case may be. But it worked out in Jay Z's favor, um, right? But again, this is in, uh, with uh, what Apple what they did in return. They did the same thing with YouTube, and so you had the whole YouTube album in your iTunes just automatically downloaded because they had worked out the the agreement with them and i ain't download bro i ain't never had no youtube in my album uh, like in my in my phone ever right um and so i'm sharing that to say that if you think that by just being on these platforms the marketplace would dictate 
the value based off of what they play. I'm here to tell you that's a that's a falsehood because you can invest in the infrastructure and they will boost they will boost certain artists based off of those relationships, regardless mm-hmm. of how the marketplace feels about it. Right. How the marketplace feels about it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but yeah, I think that that that's a, a, a you know again a really really solid example uh, of um, how the Web 2.0 has will limit your ability to unlock the value of you know what you what you create um, and truly be able to treat it as non fungible. Okay. So now that we've we've broken all that down to you, um, you mentioned blockchain. Uh, that term, that word blockchain earlier. So we'll, we'll jump into a little bit of that because, uh, and we're not, we're not taking a deep dive, y'all. We're going to try to keep it uh, as, as surface level as possible. But again, trying to give you enough information so that you have a good understanding as well. And then again, you can continue to search or just wait because we'll continue to provide some more information to you over the next several weeks. But um, smart contracts, to me, this is when I found out about this, I think you as well, as we're having conversations, like this is one of the things that truly, especially as an entrepreneur, right? Because you may be one of our uncompromising entrepreneur family out there. And like myself, you know, I'm, I'm a creative to a certain uh, perspective or respect, but I'm not, I'm not an artist. I don't make music. I can't draw uh, with hand, digitally, anything like that. Right. So what really got me excited was the smart contracts and, and how NFTs are created with these smart contracts. So the, the correct term for creating an NFT is is minting. And what I appreciate about about you, D, is, you know, as by now, four or five months ago, you know, when you you started taking that deep dive, you just went, you weren't learning about it, but you actually created uh, some some pixel artwork uh, and you minted some NFTs just to go through the process and learn, right? So all NFTs are minted in association with a smart contract. Um, and again, these these contracts are basically programs that are stored on on blockchain networks. Um, the I guess the most popular one right now is is the Ethereum blockchain. I think probably mm-hmm. about 60 percent of NFT NFT projects are on Ethereum right now. Um, but the cool thing about these smart tr- contracts is that you can use them to define specific things about the NFT itself. So, you know, going back to the example that we were giving earlier uh, about art, and, and you mentioned Salvador Dali, right? Uh, which we had back when I was in, in Tallahassee, way back in the day in college, uh, me and my my cousin, uh, Senator, we had about five or six, so obviously not original art. That's kind of part of the whole conversation, but we had about five or six Salvador Dali's all up in the, uh, in the little crib that we had, which that was, that was fun. That was a whole different story, but I digress. Um, my point is that one of the things that are very cool as an artist, uh, again, keeping it in, with that example is if I make a, a, a beautiful piece of art that somebody finds very valuable, and even if I sold it for $25,000, okay, that was a great, uh, a great sale. Even if I sold it for, you know, $100,000, but if I sold that to Devon, because Devon loves me and he bought my artwork and he loves the art, once I've sold it, 
that's it. I made $100,000, $25,000, and that's it. Now, if it goes up in value, because again, the art uh, continues to to get more attention and Devon ends up selling it. Um, again, Devon made some money off of that. But with these smart contracts, one of the things that you can do is continue to, to write into the contract where if I sell this NFT, Devon buys an NFT from me and it goes up in value and he decides that he wants to sell the NFT to somebody else, I can get 2%, I can get 10% and have residual uh, income coming in, residual sales off of that, uh, which again, you just, you can't do that. Um, or you, you know, you can't necessarily do that with, with normal art. Right. Um, the other thing that I like about it too, is, is that term, you know, provenance that when you think about some of these old paintings, a Salvador Dali, uh, a Mona Lisa, you know, that has, has been around for yeah decades and decades. And like, you don't know who has really owned it over time. Mm -hmm. We may know where mm -hmm. the original is right now. But it could have gone through a number of hands, but we don't necessarily know who owned those throughout the, the decades, the centuries or whatnot. With an NFT and the fact that it, it is written on the blockchain, there's always going to be that, like you were saying earlier, that digital track of who has owned this um, this particular piece of art or this NFT. It doesn't always have to be art, but just this NFT. Um, mm -hmm. And which that I think in itself can actually uh, increase the value of what you possess, depending on who at one point owned it based off that digital chain of custody at the end of the day. Right. Like for some of these, you know, um, you know, older pieces like what you're talking about. Right. <clears throat> we know it's an or original, but we don't know every every single place that it's been. Right. We know Correct. where it's been since it, it got into, you know, maybe a collector or a curator's hand. Yeah. And then from there, you know, they started to keep it. But what if you find out that the piece, that Salvador Dali piece that you had at one point hung up in Buckingham Palace mm. or, you know, it was on the, you know, the wall in Winston Churchill's, uh, you know, day room or. Uh, it was, you know, um, at the wall at Camp David when they signed the Middle East, you know, the Middle East Peace Treaty, like that level of information of understanding the chain of custody adds intrinsic value to what was created outside of just the, the quality of the work, mm -hmm. right? The quality of the work. Um, if you knew because uh, uh, I'm thinking about this cat uh, here recently. So there was an auction uh, of the very last touchdown pass thrown by Tom Brady. Right. Uh, <laughs> I just got another <laughs> notification on my phone about that. Yeah. All right. So for those who don't know, uh, Tom Brady, I, I'm not going to go back to like who he is. Like we've talked about him enough. You guys know who Tom Brady is, but Tom Brady, his very last touchdown pass, which was in a playoff game. Um, Which we thought was his last well, touchdown his pass. Last touchdown pass, right? Um, obviously, you know, based off of his storied career and the things that he's been able to accomplish, we know that there there's going to be high demand and therefore high value placed around the very last touchdown that he's ever thrown in his professional career. Um, and so that football was actually put up on auction. Uh, it ended up selling for, I think, $508,000 or something like that. Like, it was over half a million dollars. 518000 Yep. 518000 So, it was off by 10 bands, mm -hmm. right? So, 
Um, and what makes it just so, uh, all you can do is really laugh, like just humorous and painful is that the very next day after this guy bought that football, Tom Brady says, Hey, I'm not done. I'm, I think I'm gonna play some more. So now it is no longer the last touchdown pass that Tom Brady has ever thrown. Right. And so it's funny cause you have people debating, um, yeah, people say, oh, man, like you got how does it feel to be the guy who spent the you know, half a million dollars? I actually think he had a very small window because now you have this unique niche story around it that right. I think there's actually a small window where the value actually increased on that 518. Right. Because now it went from oh this being the last one to now this being the, you know, this having its own kind of mythology around you purchase this and the day before Tom Brady announced that he's coming out of retirement. And so mm-hmm. now it's no longer the last one. And there's definitely some value um, there, but think about how, and I think I shared this before, but even in like the sports memorabilia market where you can obviously just see from these transactions, how much value there is. Think about how important it is to have that provenance of knowing that this is literally it went from Tom Brady's hands to this wide receiver's hands to the the uh, fan who who ended up holding on to it, and then we ha- can have chain of custody of knowing who that fan was that was sitting in that seat, and it was this guy, and then he took it home, and then he put it up on the site, and then what was put up on the site is the exact same serial number as uh, mm-hmm. the football when he was sit- like. We know how valuable that is because we want to make sure that, you know, Brett didn't go to his garage and swap it out for the okie doke. And now I'm paying money for the, the not the last uh, touchdown Tom Brady threw, but maybe the, you know, uh, 37th touchdown that his son threw in the backyard. Like, there's no value behind that. But understanding the chain of custody. Well, now with blockchains, with smart contracts, all of that is built into the digital certificate of authenticity, the NFT, where you don't have to question it. You can access the provenance. You can access the chain of custody immediately, and it's all written on the blockchain. You can easily follow it and see it from the time that it was ever written into the to the blockchain to every single person ever that has owned that uh, that digital asset. So think about Think about that. We're going to get into the, the kind of the, the next piece of this, which is, you know, where do you hold your 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 NFTs, right? So you need what what is called a crypto wallet or a digital wallet. If you want to create your own NFTs, if you want to buy them, if you want to sell them, then you need a, a crypto wallet uh, to do so. NFT creators they can store the token information in their crypto wallet, and then when someone purchases that NFT, the token will pass to their crypto wallet. So again, I'll get back to the example. Um, Devon created uh, his first NFTs. Uh, again, these these pixel characters that uh, had different uh, NFL uh, paraphernalia on and actually made one that kind of looked like me and had the Giants. Um, well, he wasn't trying to sell it to me. He was going through the process of practicing, but wanted to, to shift ownership of this NFT. So I had to go through the process of creating my nft uh wallet is a number of ways you can do that again one of the easiest and well-known ways is, is using uh coinbase uh but again we'll get in more into depth on that at, at another time but within this nft wallet he was able to to transfer that nft over to me 
Um, the, I guess it depends on, on your perspective, but, you know, one of the cool things though is, you know, you can go to my NFT wallet and you can see what I own. Like that's, that's not something that, that I'm trying to hide. Right. And I think when you think about these NFTs and, and how popular this really can, and, and, and I think will become, it's all about when you think about this day and age and social media and, and just socially how we are and how we communicate, it's about what I got. And it's not even necessarily trying to floss per se, but we communicate a, a, a lot subconsciously, consciously by the things that we buy. I had a conversation at dinner because I was wearing a bracelet uh, that was made out of, uh, that is made out of like tiger eye stones. Really nice place. I think my wife got it for me for, for Christmas. Um, I wear it because I like it. I have a particular watch. I have particular rings. You, you may be wearing a hat, right? When I think about, you know, there's been plenty of times where you're rocking your, your Vikings hat. I'm rocking my Giants hat. We're communicating something about that, right? Something about us. This is my team. This is this is how I like to dress or I like this brand, whether, you know, I, it was a point in time where like I only wore Adidas because I love Notre Dame. Notre Dame was sponsored by Adidas. So I was buying a lot of, of different clothing and stuff like that. That was just Adidas. It is very similar as you, as you go through that process of purchasing NFTs, uh, whether they're the art kind of, and, and again, we'll kind of uh, dive into the, really the different kinds of NFTs that are out there and will I think will continue to, to be created as time progresses. Um, but it's really just about communicating what you got and, and the things that are important and, and special to you. Um, and I think that's also really unique about this space is like, and you can't fake the phone. Again, we were, you know, when we first started, you can, you can act and rent out, you know, a plane or a car, or you see a Porsche on the, on, on the side, you know, parked on, uh, on the side of the street and you go and take a picture and put it on Instagram. Like that's your Porsche. No, it's not. But when we're talking about these digital assets, again, that are on the blockchain that are in your wallet, it is a fact that you own that piece of art or that digital asset. Again, it's not always going to be art, but you own that digital asset. Uh, and there's there's no way to to get around that uh, or to to fudge that. You know what I mean? So again, I think that is is super unique about uh, this NFT space and this NFT world. Uh, but again, in order to do that, you, you need to make sure that you have a digital wallet to be able to hold your NFTs in. Yeah, I and I think you're you're spot on. And what we're seeing now more and more is that um, large aspects of our life, or to your point, how we communicate what we value, mm -hmm. is really digitized today. From mm -hmm. the pictures we put on social media to, um, I mean, hell, you know, how many of us um, are using cash app, you know, using Apple pay, using Google pay, using these things where, you know, if you would have told us 10 years ago, the thought of like 
just using your phone as a single source of everything, right? From storing my um, storing my insurance cards to um, important documents, my passport to um, you know my um, my various forms of payment. Like I can, I don't need to have a phone in a wallet. I can just have the phone because my phone is also my wallet. Right. Like if you would have told us that 10 years ago, I think some people have been like, man, nah, that's crazy. You know, I can't leave home without my, my like my wallet, like my whole livelihoods in there. And then also I got mm-hmm. my stuff in the glove compartment box and the, right, all that stuff. But that's where we've evolved to. And we're only moving faster and faster towards that at an even more rapid pace. And so it's not um, it's not a stretch to to see a world where now all of the important documents that that we require like okay i'll give you a super super uh simple example what happens when the when um the government or medical records are start uh start to be housed on blockchain mm. where i keep my social security in my in my crypto wallet in my digital wallet instead of having literally the same social security card that they gave my mama when i was born and Since birth, she yeah. told me yeah, hey boy, uh, this is yours now. Don't lose it. I kept it safe in the plastic envelope that we keep in the file cabinet with the Manila folder. Right, that which was for something that is so critically important. Right, in terms of uh, my livelihood, my ability to get access to uh, loans and the whole nine. Like to just keep that flimsy little piece of paper that they tell you don't laminate even though that's a smart thing to do, but as they don't do it, cause then it's going to make it, it's going to uh-huh. make it invalid. You know what I mean? Like, and when that becomes digitized and now all I need instead is a crypto wallet, right? A digital wallet. And now it's kept as an NFT. What happens then? What happens when the title, when the deed, when those type of documents, again, your medical records are kept on these digital um, digital wallets. And now when I go into a health place, right, I can, they can authenticate that it's me. Mm-hmm. They can authenticate that it's me. They can authenticate that I've been prescribed this prescription or whatever the case may be, because it's in my digital wallet It's tokenized, right? I have to do a digital signature. It couldn't be anybody else. Cause it is my, it's my wallet. And I'm the only person that has access to the seed phrase in order to have that wallet. And it's a two, uh, you know, a multi-signature wallet, which means mm-hmm. there's two, it requires two steps in order for it to validate my, my, my signature to confirm that it's me. Then what happens? Like that's where we're going. I know right now it seems like for folks out there that this is just a tool for trading collectibles and again, JPEGs, <laughs> right? But this is where, this is where it starts to perfect the technology, but this is not the end yeah. of the tech. Again, this goes this goes right back to like we start we said in the beginning. The internet started off as a tool to hop in chat rooms and have conversations. That's not where it ended. And if we would have limited ourselves to saying this is this is all this tool could ever be, we would never have giants like Amazon. We would never have the ability to to um mobilize and reorganize an entire nation's workforce from going in office to working remotely 
Mm-hmm. The internet allowed that thing that to happen. We wouldn't have the emergence of online learning, of um, empowering small businesses to be able to expand their footprint beyond their local city or county or wherever they can get in their car. Now I can sell to somebody in Canada. I can sell to somebody in Africa. I can sell to somebody in China from Boca Raton, Florida. And I have access through the internet to the supply chain and logistics to get it to their front door. Now imagine if we had just stopped the idea or killed the idea or the notion of embracing the internet at Oh man, that's just, ain't that just a uh, thing for uh, the chat rooms? You can go into weird ass chat rooms and y'all have sketchy conversations. Isn't that what that's for? <laughs> so, I guess use that as a cautionary tale to say if you if you minimize the value of these things that we're talking about, this technology that is being built, literally innovated on every single day. We've been in this space for. Um, you know, months, almost, you know, almost a, a year, a couple of months shy of actually a year. Um, and the innovation we've been able to personally just witness from when we enter to where we're, where it's currently at, the innovation we've been able to play a role in as, you know, we've started to um, consult some of these artists and projects on how to scale their business, because that's literally what they're building when you have these NFT projects or collections is a business, right? The innovation that we've been able to consult on and help to influence, there's no telling where this technology is going to evolve to. And so, Again, I just implore our entrepreneurs that are out there, like if you are having apprehension about um, either leveraging the tool, I would, my, my first thing would say is to understand it. Like mm-hmm. just take the time to educate yourself because what I have, I have confidence in is that creators, creators have the ability when they understand the tool to then understand how they can unlock the tool or leverage the tool to, to maximize their value or to birth their gift um, into the world, right? And so there's a lot of creators out there that I've interacted with personally that I know that you're not even allowing yourself to understand the tool. And because you're not trying to understand the tool, you're placing a limitation on yourself. Don't be... That person who said, nah, there's no way business is ever going to be done on the internet. There's no way anybody's ever going to send an email. Don't be the person that says, hey, don't be that person that said, hey, there's no reason somebody would ever want a a phone in their pocket or in their Mm -hmm. car. Right. Why would I need that? I have a home. I have a phone at home. I have a phone in the office. Right. And then if I really need to, I can go to the pay phone at at the gas station if I find myself in a pinch. Right. Don't be those individuals. And then as technology and innovation passes you, now you're forced to to use it anyway, but you're late to the party. Yeah. You're late to the party. And now, you know, you're a consumer. (laughs) You're a consumer um, instead of, um, you know, uh, again, a creator um, and somebody who can be participating in this new economy using this tool. Facts, 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 facts. So one of the um, 
one of the most attractive things about NFTs is is their scarcity. Uh, again, knowing that as somebody who is purchasing this NFT, that it's unique and that it's easy to prove the the provenance, the authenticity of it. And a lot of people create NFTs for art, for collectors, um, and just again understanding that there can only be one owner. Um, I definitely appreciate everything that Devon just mentioned because, you know, we, and we we talked about that um, last season too when we're going through solopreneur success. Um, just a simple fact: forget about NFTs, but as an entrepreneur, again, think about all the times that you've looked at something. And because you didn't understand the technology and how to utilize a tool that can make uh, your life easier, that can uh, automate processes for you, um, you saw a social media tool that came out like Facebook or TikTok. And well, there's just you know people on there dancing and making videos. It may have seemed that way at first, and, and to your point, you, you've and it's not too late for TikTok, but you you somewhat let that boat pass you by. And then now you're on TikTok, but you're a consumer and you're just stuck there watching videos when it is a, a, a really uh, awesome way to, to build your community, to get the word out there about your product, your services, whatever it is that you offer, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, but th that main point is just don't let this opportunity slip by. At least do the research, put your 20, 30, 40, 50 hours in to study, to get the best possible understanding. And that's what we're here for, too, is to help you with that. Um, get the best understanding that you can. And that doesn't mean that you should jump in right away. But start to think as you learn more and you get into the space and maybe get a part of some communities where you can be around other like-minded individuals, other entrepreneurs that are trying to figure it out. And start to really strategize ways that for you as an entrepreneur and your business that you could possibly, again, utilize NFTs uh, to to provide um, something, you know, some type of utility, some type of uh, offering to your community. Um, so we hope that uh, that helped for our uncompromising family out there. Man, we definitely, I mean, we always, we definitely ask this, uh, but sincerely, like we want to hear from you. What comments do you have? What questions do you have? Make sure that you leave us some comments. Uh, if you have questions, let us know what those questions are. You can either leave it in the comments section uh, within this particular episode. You can always reach out to us at info at uncompromisingcoaches.com. Uh, if you want to send us something direct and just put episode question in the subject line, again, we'd be more than happy uh, to go back and forth and answer your questions that way too. Uh, if you have stuck around to this point, we appreciate you. If you are a new listener, thank you for taking the time to stop by. Uh, hopefully this might be the first, but hopefully it's not the last uh, episode that you listen to. If you are a loyal listener, again, thank you uh, for rocking with us and continuing to take this ride uh, as we journey through this land of entrepreneurship and this new space of NFTs. And as we learn and as we grow, um, Again, we're teachers, we're learners, and, and we love being able to share knowledge about what we're learning, what we're experiencing with our folks out there, because that's what family does, y'all. Family shares, family learns, and we take care of our community. Uh, so again, thank you for that. Um, like this episode, like the episode, leave us a comment, uh, show us some love and that respects. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, again, shout out uh, to... Uh, my stepmom, Linda Gonzalez, and the new book that has just been released. 
uh, if an acorn can talk, you can find that on Amazon. We will leave a link uh, in the show notes as well uh, for that special uh, little loved one that you have in your life or for the two or three that you have in your life, like my homeboy Devon over here. Um, yeah. So again, we appreciate you, uh, Uncompromising Family. Thank you as always. And until next time, y'all, God bless. Stay encouraged. Stay encouraged, y'all.